0: Radio M.D. MD RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. So this is not going to be a conversation for the faint of heart because the fact is that lice, happen. Whether your child is the cleanest child in the entire world, they still can get lice. My child had lice. I was horrified. It was such a pain. And we're going to talk to you today about how to deal with them, how not to freak out, and some of the best ways to either, "Mm, I don't even know if there's prevention, but we're going to find out. And if they do get it, what you can do. So my guest, of course, Dr. Corinne Cross, pediatrician and spokesman for the American Academy of Pediatrics, and a mom whose kids have never had lice. So let's put that out there right now. But she is a pediatrician. So Dr. Cross, lice, it doesn't mean our kids are unclean, does it?
1: Not at all. So lice um, can affect anyone. It does have um, or the bugs, have, they, they tend to like certain types of hair. Um, so it has nothing to do with how often you shampoo or how clean you are or your socioeconomic status. Just lice tends to want to crawl on certain types of hair that's the right, like girth and the right texture for it. So that's why some people may get lice repeatedly, whereas others never seem to get it. It has nothing to do with your cleanliness.
0: No, and people get lice and fleas a little bit mixed up sometimes for the mm-hmm. fact that can lice be transferred to an animal or can, you know, could I have gotten it from, can fleas yeah. go to my head? And and so they get those things all mixed up. But lice are a little parasitic insect, right, that they, they go right. just to yep. our hair, but they don't go on our bodies and stuff.
1: Well, they actually like to feed on your scalp. So they're, put, they're <sighs> injecting a little bit of saliva and they're sucking stuff out. So they, they do they do, do that. Um, they don't uh, go on your... You don't get it from pets, so there's no lice from pet transmission. Lice doesn't fly. It doesn't jump. Um, basically, it um, crawls from one scalp to another, or it can be um, on, on something that has touched the hair, like a hat, headgear, um, what else, like a comb, you know those sorts of things. They can be on there, and then you touch them. But generally, most people get lice from having their head very close to somebody else who has lice, and the the lice just crawls from one person's head to the other. Um, and so it's direct head-to-head contact is what we call it. And what you're looking for when you're looking for lice is they look like little sesame seeds. Basically, they're they're like that big, and they're they like to crawl around. They're usually sort of at the nape of the neck, and you look really close to the scalp, and then you're also looking for the, well, the eggs, but some people call them knits. Some people use knits for just empty egg cells, some people, or empty, empty egg casings, some people use it for all the egg casings, but basically we're looking for knits or eggs, um, empty casings, and lice, like actual little bugs. And the casings, stick to the hair shaft. So that's how you can tell the difference between those and dandruff, because dandruff can often look like the same sort of little white flaky things that we're looking
0: for. Yeah, so I mean, it is really, you don't want to get that letter, and you certainly do not want to be the cause of that school letter that goes around, as I was, and it wasn't even my kid that started it, but we were the cause of that letter that went around. Lice has been spotted in your kid's class. It was highly embarrassing. However... I do want to know, Dr. Cross, do you know if they're not on a human? So if they're on your couches or something, do you know how long they can last on there?
1: There's two different sort of thoughts on that. One says that they don't last very long off of the human body. So that a live lice, will, a live bug, will only really live like one to two days when it's not on the scalp. So that's that's one way of thinking, like, where do you need to clean? The other is that the eggs generally don't hatch if they're not in a warm environment like on your head. But even though that's all true, when you find out that you have lice, we do suggest, obviously, taking care of all of that, vacuuming where your head has been, like, so, talking about car seats or couches, you know, washing your sheets, and then taking anything that can't be washed and putting it in a plastic bag for, for two weeks because the eggs can take about 12 days to hatch. So we're... Super careful because we don't want you to have to go through it again. But at the same time, most of the time, the eggs won't hatch if they're not on your head and the lice won't survive if they're not on your scalp. So all the things that we do to clean is really being extra, extra cautious.
0: So and then here was the hardest part for me. I was sifting through my daughter's hair and with my little gloves on and everything, trying to figure out what was a knit and what was dandruff. And mm-hmm. and we tried so many of these remedies. So let's speak about remedies. If somebody says, okay, there was lice in the school and your kid is itching and their hair starts to mat up like dreadlocks, you know, that's a big sign when they start dreadlocking, you know, this look. And what do you do about it? Do you go to the doctor? Do you do you guys want to see our lice-infested yeah, I, kids? Yeah, I mean,
1: what I would say is that usually what happens is um, by the time you're itching your scalp you've had lice for about four to six weeks because you're not itchy right away. It takes a while to, you itch because of the the reaction to the saliva. So it takes a while to have that reaction. So once you find out that someone has lice, they didn't just get it like that weekend. They got it a while ago, which is why then when they start looking at everybody in the classroom, they're like, oh, look how many other kids have lice because it's been sitting there for for quite a while. Um, So you get that note, you say, oh, no, lice is going around my my kid's classroom. Let me look. You can look yourself um, and really you just want to almost what we use are like two little sticks and we just move the hair apart and we just keep looking, keep looking. But if you don't feel comfortable doing that, you should bring your kid to the pediatrician. Um, And even if you do think you find something, you may still want to bring your kid to the pediatrician before you do your over-the-counter treatment because you might be wrong. And studies have shown that parents are often wrong, that the presumed lice or nits, you know, is really something else. So I think that it's it's worth your time to go to the pediatrician and have them look. Then once they look, they're going to suggest, and the other thing with the pediatrician, they're going to suggest the right medication for your area. So there are over-the-counter medications that are fairly effective, uh, particularly um, in certain areas. So one is the Nix and the other is the RID. Um, So Nix is permethrin and Rid is and so they're just different types of medication, but they need to be used differently. Um, and so the real important thing is, depending on which one your pediatrician recommends for your area, you have to read the direction. So like Nix, you use on wet hair, whereas Rid, you use on dry hair. Um, both of them, no matter what, I would say you need to repeat. Um, one of them, the NYX, it can actually kill some of the eggs, but the RID doesn't. So you have to think about that life cycle we just talked about, how the eggs hatch every 8 to 12 days. And you say, okay, now I've gotten rid of all the bugs with the shampoo, but in 8 to 12 days, any eggs I missed are going to hatch. So you need to repeat. And so we really say that you should repeat on day 9. Um, although,
0: if you're But do any of those things you know. kill the eggs? People say they don't necessarily.
1: Nicks can. The problem is, is that a lot of people use shampoo beforehand that has a conditioner. And so the shampoo that you use before you wash your hair to make it wet for that one, you really want to use, like, any of those, like, clean shampoos that, like, really are supposed to strip all of that sort of moisturizing stuff out of your hair. So it makes it so that the, 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 the lotion or the cream that you're putting on your hair can actually stay there and the residual effects last. Otherwise, they, it doesn't, doesn't actually stick. So that's that's one of the things that it's very... That's why a lot of people end up going to somebody to to help them out because it is a little bit confusing. But if you use the NYX, you want to use a, a clear type of shampoo first. You want to have your hair wet. You want to put it on. You want to leave it on 10 minutes, and then you want to repeat it in about nine days. And then some people repeat it even a third time. If you use the RID, it's on dry hair. It's a shampoo, and that you absolutely need to repeat because... Um, because it doesn't have any residual effect, um, and then people like natural things. I mean, the interesting thing is the rid actually comes from the chrysanthemum, so it's kind of natural in a way. Um, so you know, you do you do want to think about the fact that even if you're using a natural product, it can still have, particularly if it's uh, if it's not like your mayonnaise or whatever, it can have you know, effects where it irritates your head, like some people use alcohol or things like that. And I wouldn't recommend that. I mean, you just want to get rid of it as quickly as you can. And so I think asking your pediatrician what works for your area is the best because there's also medications that are prescriptions. You might find out that in your area there's a lot of resistance to the -the over-the-counter medications. So you don't need to bother with three weeks of treatment to find out that it doesn't work. They'll just give you a prescription for what's right.
0: Well, and see, and we also tried, we we learned about the comb and -hmm. that the comb helps you to find those knits and get them out. And you really have to comb, comb, comb and separate it into little areas and then keep re-combing, re-combing and then use the foam and re-comb again. I mean, it's a whole thing to pick those guys out. But when you're, you know, talking about all these different remedies... we tried mayonnaise because somebody told us it starves everything and suffocates them mm-hmm. because it's such an oily. Su- that was just ridiculous. My daughter had a mayonnaise full head, and it didn't work at all. We ended up, and I'm telling the listeners this. I ended up going to a professional because I couldn't tell a knit from a piece of dandruff, mm-hmm. and my eyes are not good to begin with. I was using the little, you know, magnifying glass that comes with the rid, and trying to use it, and I still, I was terrible at it. And, I, you know, and so then they sold us a comb so that we could use it for next time. And they're the tiniest little combs, you know, ever. And they and they pull these knits out, but the professional got it out in two things. But it was expensive.
1: Yeah, it is. And definitely combing, I, I think, is a real big part of it because you're just manually taking taking everything out of the hair. I would not recommend shaving your head unless your child really wanted to shave his head anyway. I would not do that to a girl. Um, you know, if, if they want to get their hair cut of course it makes it a little bit easier but most of what you're looking for is towards the scalp and just like an inch or two off because they're laying those eggs near the scalp and then the hair is growing so you know most of what you're looking for is up there but you're right it it's, it's very tedious particularly if you're not sure of, of what you're doing. But your pediatrician, if you go in with the comb, can also show you what to do. So if you don't want to spend the money doing, um, going to somebody, you, you do have a resource in your pediatrician. They absolutely can help you through this. And they can write everything down for you to tell you to wash your bedding in hot water, you know, what to, you know, how long to bag everything for. It's two weeks, what to vacuum. And you don't have to go crazy. I mean, it's really just the things that your child's head has touched. And then if they, yeah, because they don't jump. Right, they don't jump. But if they share a bed with somebody, even if you don't see lice on that other child or, or on you, if they share a bed with you, I would still do the treatment because it's just better safe than sorry. And the treatment really isn't hard. The thing with the alternative things is just make sure you're not doing more harm than good. There was, I believe, one story where um, a mother put mayonnaise on a kid's head and put a plastic bag around it and uh, the kid suffocated because she let him play, stay the night that way. So you wanna you want to be you know, cognizant of yes, this is medication you're putting on your kid's scalp, but there are worse things. So
0: you know, yikes. We well I did the mayonnaise. Things. I'm glad you pointed that out, listeners. Don't try the mayonnaise. Because <laughs> it if doesn't you do, work anyway. Don't put a plastic bag over your child's head. Oh my God. You know so now first of all, if you find that your child has lice, do you have to call the school? Do they report it to the health department? Is this one of those things? No.
1: So, um, basically, schools are becoming a little bit more lenient. They're realizing that, I mean, before we had medications, yes, lice would, would go through schools and it was hard to get rid of, etc., but now, really, most of the schools um, are are not having a no-knit policy. Basically, if a child is uh, found to have lice while they're in school, they're allowed to stay in school until the end of the day. They're just, you know try not to, like, lie next to anybody else, and uh, maybe they don't put on headgear if they're doing wrestling or something that day. But basically they get sent home with a note. Um, A lot of schools still do send a note to the rest of the class. Um, They're not allowed to return home until they've had treatment, but treatment might just be going to the pharmacy and, you know, buying an over-the-counter shampoo or lotion, putting it on their head, waiting 10 minutes and rinsing it off, and they can come back to school the next day. So um, most kids, though, do end up missing a couple of days of school, maybe one um, because they go to the pediatrician the next day, then they do the treatment, then they go back to school. So that does tend to happen. Um, some schools, if they see a nit, will still send the kid home. A nit being an, even an egg, um, they will send the kid home that day. But the truth is, a lot of those eggs only—I think—I think it's only four percent of kids who have who have the eggs even end up with getting lice. So it's not as contagious as we seem to think. Um, in the whole sort of flurry of activity that happens when you get one of those letters sent home, but I would still take the letter seriously. I would still check your child's head. And if your child happens to be one of the people who gets it repeatedly because of their hair type, not because of their cleanliness, then you may want to check them periodically throughout the year just to see because they're not going to start itching until they've had it for quite a while.
0: So wrap it up for us, Dr. Cross, with best advice about kids sharing hats and brushes and helmets and all of these kinds of things that can spread lice and what you want parents to know about dealing with them and dealing with the school and getting that letter or being the cause of that letter. Just wrap it up about lice for us.
1: Lice tends to make everybody
0: itchy when you talk about it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet there's listeners that are itchy right now and probably the engineers in the studio.
1: Yeah, it just it just does. It's the way that it makes us all feel. But in reality, it's not actually that bad. It doesn't transmit any other type of disease. And um, you know, when you think about the fact that they're crawling and not flying or jumping, you really don't have to ostracize the child who has it. Um, direct, direct head-to-head contact—it happens. We all have sleepovers and all sorts of things. So. Y- When you get lice, it's just something you have to deal with. And I would say that for a person who's never had a child with lice before, use your pediatrician as a resource. Give them a call. If you're not sure if your child has lice or dandruff, bring them in. If you're not sure how to use the comb, go in with the box of stuff that they told you to buy, whether it's the NYX or the RID, and go in with that comb and let them show you how to use it. And if you can't do it on your own, if you're just having trouble you know, really eradicating it from your house and from your child, then there are companies that can help you. But I would say really bothering to use the comb and combing out does really help. And also making sure you repeat the retreatment on, you know, basically a week and then three weeks, Um, you know, on day nine and day 15 is really important because that's how you're going to eradicate those eggs that are going to hatch.
0: That's really great information to know the time frames and how long it takes for them to hatch. And the AAP has some great information on their website as well in the updated issues of pediatrics. So you can find about head lice, their recommendations. You can share this podcast with anybody that you know who's had to deal with this because Dr. Cross gave us great information on getting rid of these things. And if your child does get them, sometimes there is no prevention, but you certainly want to do all of that you can It's certainly not a health hazard, not something you have to freak out about. It's just more of a nuisance than anything else, and it's a little bit disgusting. However, it does happen, and if you have kids, there are all kinds of things that happen. And that's what we do here at Healthy Children, and our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics and their consumer website, healthychildren.org. So share these shows, and remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and rate and review. That way other parents get to get involved and like-minded people get involved and we can all learn from these AAP experts together, and that's what it's all about. So we're always having fun here at Healthy Children right here on Radio MD. This is Melanie Cole. Stay well.